Today's scripture reading is from Luke 2, 8 to 16. Let's, uh, let us stand for the reading of God's word. There are shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watching over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to people on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Now we light the third candle of Advent. Glory to God. I'm going to sing that for, for all through until next year again. And that second phrase is what I want us to stop and think about. Peace on earth. And the way it's put is to all people of goodwill. That's, that's what really happens in the song. That's what the angels sang to these uh, shepherds. And I'll tell you, when I think about that part of it, the peace coming to earth, it seems to me when I look at how our world looks at Christmas, it's that part that's most in the hearts of people, this, this longing for peace. Do you agree with me? Uh, the thing that just convinces me of that is when I look at all the Christmas cards. I put together just a collage of a few. There could have been hundreds of these. But if you look up here, the, uh, some of them are like this, you know, kind of resting in the biblical story, peace coming to earth. But even people who don't believe in God at all, uh, their, their Christmas cards, if we can go to the second one, you know, they, they also try to have peace. I guess Santa Claus brings it up there. I, I'm not sure. But all, all that I want to say is what I'm talking to you about today, I, I'm just so sure this is deep in the heart of people at Christmas time, longing somehow uh, for peace. Now, when our world thinks about peace, they think about it in a rather broad way. Um, sometimes they think about it with regard to these conflicts among people. Uh, tribal conflicts or national conflicts, war, is it ever going to end? Right now, uh, terrorism. Will we ever find peace? There's a real longing for that. Don't you feel that? Um, at other times, uh, we talk about it with regard to our interpersonal relationships, so that uh, the relationships that we have within our families or, or at work or in, in our neighborhoods. And, you know, we kind of long for um, a peace to come. If, if you've ever read or watched Dickens' Christmas Carol, when the, the, when the uh, ghost of Christmas present comes, you know, it has this dust and he's able to somehow, and then people who are having strife with one another suddenly are at peace. We, we kind of hope that the spirit of Christmas uh, might come at this time of year and, and then as songs say and last all year long so we think about it maybe you're even hoping 
that when your family comes together at Christmas, your great aunt Penelope won't be so mean and feisty this year. You know how we we think about this. So many of you have talked to me about that, interpersonal relationships. Uh, At other times, it's very personal, this matter of peace. Uh, Sometimes, and I'm guessing many of us have even come to church, maybe it's why you've come to church. Uh, Inside, sometimes you feel torn up. Uh, You're longing for that to be brought together, you know, made whole. Uh, it, can, it can be because of guilt or shame. It can be anxiety. And sometimes you don't even know what it is, right? And so you come to Christmas and, and you hear this beautiful, this, such a great song, peace uh, comes uh, through this child. Now, I want you to know that when the Bible uses the word peace and when the angels sang peace on earth, they thought about it very similar to the way our world thinks about it, very, that very broad way. Uh, that that what, what Jesus, this child, has come to bring is to bring uh, an end to all of those conflicts. Uh, that when he reigns, there won't be the wars and, and those it all, He also is to bring an end to the broken relationships that we have. Oh, don't you long for that? And, and that he's also come to, to bring an inner peace to us. And the Bible sometimes says it goes beyond our human understanding. But, but there's one part of the Bible's understanding of peace that's not usually in the world's understanding of peace. It is what is absolutely essential to it. And without that part, there can be no lasting peace. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. So the song that we come to today, the angel song, found in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, um, is a song that's really based upon all these prophecies. And I imagine that the shepherds who heard the song knew these prophecies because they were loved in their day as well. People longed for a Messiah to come and to bring peace. And, and the prophecies, especially in the book of Isaiah, said that when a child is born, eventually his name would be, and, and a part of it would be, Prince of Peace. And, and that when his government really comes in, and and it's there in all of its fullness. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, it says, of his government there will be peace that absolutely never ends. So, so much in keeping with those prophecies. You know, here come these angels to these uh, uh, shepherds there on the field, and they said, peace, peace comes to us, and it comes to all people of goodwill. So, So today, that's what we're going to think about for just a few moments. Um, it really is a Christmas message. And I, I don't know that there's any passage in the entire Bible that speaks about the peace that Jesus should bring into our lives and our relationships more succinctly and I think more clearly than the angel song. So I, I, I want you to look at it now. Have you ever seen the movie Dead Poet Society? From a long time ago. Robin Williams plays the teacher and, and he gets up there at this one time and he says uh, when, where they had these books about analyzing poetry he says, when you're analyzing poetry, you ruin it, rip out those pages. Do you remember that? Rip them out, rip them out. And, well, I'm going to analyze poetry. <laughs> you want to stick with me for just, just a second? Bear with me. I think this, I was not going to do this, but I thought this is going to help you to understand this song, and I hope it'll go deep into your heart. So this song that the angels sang, it, it's a very Jewish kind of a poem. They must have been Jewish angels, don't you think? <laughs> So, so it, it's made up of, of these two, uh, two phrases. It's a couplet. And when you read one, it's, it's so much of it is in the Old Testament. When you read the first phrase and then the second phrase, it's together that you understand what they're getting at. And so here it is. Phrase number one. Glory. This glory is in the highest 
The angels have seen it. And it is God's glory. Glory in the highest to God. Bringing back the second phrase, which brings peace. Shalom. The glory is going to bring peace. The glory that is now in the highest is going to come to earth. The glory that is God's is coming to people. See, does that that help you to see this thing, what's going on here? Now, there's one word that seems just so out of place. And when when something like that happens, you've got to say, what's that getting at? And that is this unexpected addition. It comes to people of of goodwill. So here, let's think about what what the angels proclaimed with these. I'm just going to let the angel song guide us. Okay, proclamation number one, glory to God in the highest. And and what I think they are saying is, uh, when the God that we know, because we've been in the highest with him, when the God that we know reigns any place, you're going to see his glory. Uh, Glory to God in the highest. It's kind of a majestic phrase. Really sings well. Bernard, Gabriel, really sings well. But I hate to tell you this. I think most people who hear, and even us who sang it, we have no idea what that means. Glory to God in the highest. What on earth is that talking about? Now, for those of you who actually listen and remember uh, my ongoing sermons about this, um, this word glory has, a, has many meanings, but a special meaning of it is, is that it, it is when the, the greatest attributes or qualities of a person are actually put on display. When the greatest attributes and qualities of, of a person are put on display. So I've tried to uh, illustrate it in so many ways. Uh, for for, for a, uh, an NBA basketball player, where is an NBA basketball player's greatest athletic skills to be put on display? It, it should be on the basketball court, right? And for the Lakers, it should be down at the Staples Center. It's not being, but it should be. Someday, next year, maybe next year. All right, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> For, for music, uh, for music fans, um, where, where would you expect to see the greatest attributes of the musicians in the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra? You, you'd expect to go down to the Disney Concert Hall, wouldn't you? You're probably not going to see it at a sumo wrestling competition or so, players. You're probably not going to see it. You're going to see it there at the Disney Center Concert Hall. So here's what the angels are saying. The glory of God, all the greatest qualities of God We have seen it. We've experienced it in the highest. And what they are declaring in this song is to these shepherds and really to us, everything that you have heard about God, it's real. God is powerful. He is filled with truth. He is merciful. And the kinds of things we've seen in these other stories to to Mary, God is who he says he is and he will do according to his character and to his ways. God says, I will be merciful so if you come to him, I'm telling you, he's going to forgive you and he'll be merciful because that's a part of his glory. If you're wondering, can he actually bring about this peace? God is the one who created the world. He can do anything. That's a part of his glory. Glory to God in the highest. See, that's what's being proclaimed in this great, great song. And actually to these shepherds, because it follows just after the angel saying, a child is going to be born. What, they're actually, what the angel is actually saying is, wake up, you shepherds. This glorious God is now going to bring his glory here. You're going to see his glory yourself when you see this child who is born. You're going to see the glory of God. And that's... 
That's pretty good song, don't you think? The question is how that glory is going to come into our lives. But before I get to that second phrase, let me just stop for a minute because of a, a conviction that I have in something that I've been praying a lot about. Uh, for people who come to church and you've never experienced the presence or reality of God and, and beginning to sense his peace, I think what I talk about here, I pray, will be a longing that you'll have in your heart uh, to meet this Jesus who can bring God's glory into your life. My conviction is this, the whole Christian message is that what we do is we receive Jesus Christ into our lives and what should begin to happen as he reigns in our lives is we should begin to see some of those qualities of the glory of God in us as we've never seen it before. I've written it here for you just so you can think about it. When you place your faith in Jesus and Jesus becomes the Lord of your life, here's what... I really think you and I should begin to see within ourselves. You and I should see more and more of the glory of God growing in us. Uh, In many ways, I think this is when we begin to see that. Um, That's one of the things I think that helps us to have that confidence that our faith and our relationship to God is genuine and, and not just religious observance, you know, punching the clock and showing up at church. If you ask pastor... What does that glory of God actually look like? It, it's that whole last series that I had this fall. The God, Jesus, when you ask him into his life, he gives his spirit to you, and the spirit produces his fruit in you and me. And, and what should begin to happen in your life is this, more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you say, Pastor, talk to me more about that, all I can say is go onto our Lake Avenue Church website and listen to all of those sermons I preached about those things. They are beautiful qualities. When God reigns, those are the things that should start happening uh, in and through your life. And, and the, uh, when, when I'm in control, the work of the flesh, when I'm in control, the things I begin seeing in myself, Paul will put it, things like immorality and envy and jealousy and fits of anger When you see those things consuming you, you need to run to Jesus and say, I want to be different. And he says, I'll enter in and you'll see my glory in you. And if that's true, and and here we have genuine followers of Jesus here, what should happen in the life of the church is more and more you and I should see the glory of God here among us, right? Because um, the world needs to know about the glory of God. And they're, they're to be able to, to see it in the way we treat one another and then we go out of here and treat, treat them. And I'm convinced that the more you and I are surrendered to Jesus, the more that the, these beautiful qualities of God's glory are going to resonate within the life of this church. And, and then I'm, I just pray that when people walk in, they, they say there's something different here. And what they're actually going to be seeing and experiencing is the glory of God radiating uh, through his people. Uh, the Apostle Paul talks about this in Ephesians 3. 20 and 21. Okay, in our broken world, where are people going to see the glory of God, not just in the highest that the angels saw, but actually here in the world? And, and Paul said, to him be glory in Christ Jesus. So yes, as people read about Jesus and we sing about Jesus, you should see what God is like. But then he also adds, and in the church. So God has planted us here, right now, in this world in which it just seems like there will never be peace, he has planted us here 
to radiate his glory to the world. And so more and more, my prayer, my prayer for us Lake Avenue Church is that God will produce his fruit so fully in you and me that the world will see it and, and they'll be drawn to trust Jesus. May God's glory in the highest be seen here at Lake Avenue Church. There's my prayer. Okay, that takes me to the second phrase then. How, how, does, how does that work? And so they say, okay, here's how it works. Uh, peace comes to people on earth from the highest. When Jesus comes, when this child comes, his intent is to bring peace into individual lives and into this world. Um, I, so I see here that when, with this second phrase, the angels are addressing the issue that I think the shepherds would have asked and that people ask me as a pastor, I think as much or more than any other question, why is it that if God is so glorious and a, and a God of peace, that we don't see that in what he has made? Why does God allow all of these messes and suffering and so forth in our world? Um, and the angels are saying, uh, because God has a plan to begin again uh, to renew creation and to bring his peace. And with the coming of this child, it has begun. Uh, the shepherds had had this prophecy that one day a child is going to come who's going to be the prince of peace. And so it's Advent season. They were anticipating it. They were longing it for it. And so the angel, first of all, one angel comes and says, a child is going to be born that you've been waiting for. And then this, I think you're right, Gabriel, this huge angelic choir, even bigger than ours, I don't know if they sang any better than ours, but, you know, great choir proclaims it's happening. It is happening. So here now we come uh, 2,000 years later, and we have the same thing. Well, things don't always seem to be getting better and better. Where do we see the peace of God? We still struggle in our own relationships, in our own families, in our own church. Where, where are we going to see it? Well, we have a prophecy, too. We come in anticipation of the same Jesus coming back and completing his work. He's doing a work right now in us that's working toward completion, but someday he's going to come back and it's all going to be complete. And I'm telling you, when he comes, it will be a reign of peace and justice. Uh, do you want to hear the prophecy? I'm going to, sure, thank you. I, I, I needed that. I needed that. Here it is, Revelation 21, right at the end of the Bible. So just like when peace was reigning in, in Genesis 2 before sin came into the world, when, when Jesus comes back, he, here's the prophecy. God's dwelling place is now among the people. They will be his people. And here, just like Genesis 2, God himself will be with them and be their God. He will then, and here, just kingdom of peace, wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, or pain. For when he returns, the old order of things has passed away. All right. At the beginning of the sermon, I said that this peace that our world longs for and talks about uh, usually is reflected in uh, conflicts among people, ending of war, terrorism, uh, the ending of the strife in our personal, interpersonal relationships, and that ending of uh, inner brokenness, guilt and, and shame and anxiety. And I said, but one thing is missing. 
in the way the world, the longing is there in every human heart for that kind of peace. The one thing that is missing that you and I have to go out and proclaim to the world and that I've got to proclaim to you is this, that there can be no lasting eternal peace that we long for unless God comes into our lives. The, the main brokenness, the main brokenness is that you and I were meant to walk with God and to know him. The thing that ended the peace of Genesis 2 is that people, Adam and Eve, walked away from God, and that messed everything up, but it started with the destruction of their relationship to God. They were hiding from him behind the bushes, if you don't know the story. Stupidest thing you could ever imagine, hiding from God behind bushes. But it, but it also then it started, it affected the things that our world sees. You know, it affected human relationships. The man and woman started blaming one another, and it's gone on and on. It affected their own internal being. They felt shame for the first time. Uh, it affected their relationship with all of creation. But it all started with the relationship with God being broken. And so I'm telling you, peace in your own life starts with that peace being restored to God. Our problem is God is holy and perfect. We are not. And so our sin our, had to be dealt with. The, the guilt that often wrecks us needs to be cleansed and washed away. And that's what Jesus did the first time he came. He, the sinless one. Do you know the story? Uh, most of us do. He, the sinless one, was willing to die in our place on the cross so that in him, if you trust in him, he promises he will cleanse us of sin, take away the shame and guilt, give his spirit to us, and begin bringing our lives together. And when that happens then, we're able to be sent out as witnesses to the fact it's happening. I see it in me. If he's done it in me, it can happen in you. And uh, he, he does his work in us and sends us out as his angels, agents, just like he did with those shepherds. Now, one of the things I love about this story is that it shows us one thing that sets this Christian faith apart from all other religions and religiosity or philosophies. Because the angels is, is declaring this thing is happening in history. Mo most other religions just sort of give you uh, rituals, do this, techniques, a way of thinking about the world, kind of like Buddhism is. And, 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 but, but in Christianity, what, what it is all about is that God actually in history came into this world. Uh, it, it is news to be believed. That's what it is. Just, just notice, I'll, I put the verses up here so you can see how clear this is. In chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, one angel appears before the shepherds and says, I bring you good news. This news has the opportunity to bring great joy for all people. And notice, on this day, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. So keep that verse up there. You notice it happened on a real day in history. On this day, it happened. Not, not some imaginary story, religious story. It happened when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. That's the Bible anchors this in history. It happened in a real city. Do you see it? In the city of David, uh, in Bethlehem, as real a city as Pasadena. He came for a real reason, as a savior. There are real problems in this world that we need to be rescued from. There, there are, there's real guilt that needs to be taken away. He came to be that. He came as the Messiah. Uh, the promise from the prophecy that they had is that a child would be born through a virgin mother. We met her two weeks ago, the, the young Mary, and it happened in history just as was prophesied. 
And he is going to come as the Lord to make a difference in our lives and in this world. So the angel said, this is news. So, so you see, that's, that's why our Christian faith is not, okay, if, if, uh, if you want to have peace, here's a list of all the religious rituals. Uh, go down to the beach and chant Om 53 times. Check, 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 check. Um, go to these classes. Check, check, check. Show up. No, no, no. It is good news, and what you and I have to do is believe it. And, and allow that news to shape and ch- change every part of our lives. So the news comes to you today. Jesus, the Savior who died in your place for your sin on the cross has come and promises to come into your life and cleanse you and to give you peace. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? And I I pray that that faith will be the kind of thing that is not just in your head, but a faith that actually shapes and directs every moment of your life. Because he has come, this glory of God has now come to this world to bring peace. This glory that has been in the highest is now coming to the earth and into your world. This glory that is God's comes to real people. That's what this great song is. But how and to which people, and just for a moment, that unexpected addition, uh, God's peace comes to people of goodwill. So there it is. Peace comes to people of goodwill. Who are these people of goodwill? You know, it's been debated for centuries. Uh, Even some of our versions retranslate it because they don't quite know what to do with it. So some of you have that translation, uh, upon whom, to people upon whom his favor rests. Does that help you to know who they are? But well, back, I'll just tell you as best as I can understand. This is the way I think we can get at this thing. Um, back back when, when the angels sang this thing, people of goodwill was a phrase that was often used. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, you find it. It's for all the people whose deepest desire was to know God and to honor God. So, so for those who have a deep longing to know God and to honor God, the angel says, there, there is peace coming through this child. Now, when you read through the Gospel of Luke, you see what those people are like and what they do. What kind of people are people of goodwill who receive peace? Two weeks ago, we saw Mary. She she was already almost on the lowest rung of society, and now she was going to ask to be an unwed mother. She thought it was going to ruin her life, but she was going to trust God, and by faith, she was willing not only to do what God would have her to do, but eventually to find joy in it. That's the kind of person who finds the peace of God. You read through the rest of the book of Luke, and I won't give them all to you, but I'll just tell you, it's amazing to see it. Uh, the people who are lepers and know there's no hope on their own, excluded from their families, from the synagogue, from every, the people who are lepers, when they come and fall upon Jesus, they find cleansing and a new life. To to a woman in Luke 7 who was a prostitute. And and when they were in a religious guy's house, the senior pastor's house, keep her out. It'll it'll ruin their reputation. All that. Jesus welcomes her in. He forgives her sin and sends her away. And the word is with peace and shalom. Uh, So the one who in humility comes in faith to Jesus and trusts in him, that's the person of goodwill. What, any, any men in there? Well, lepers, yes. Uh, there is a Roman centurion. 
But by all the people in Israel, he was an outcast too. (laughs) But about him too, when he came and fell upon Jesus, Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this before. And he, he, he experienced God's blessing. Oh, yeah, there was one wealthy guy. That, that's a good thing to know, too. But he was up a tree when they first met. <laughs> and everybody called him a sinner because he was a tax collector. And he just gave everything to Jesus. Everything to Jesus. Those are the people of goodwill. Anybody who in, who in humility says, there's no hope for me apart from you. Here is my life. Here is my sin. I give it to you. I believe in you. That's the person of goodwill. And the promise is, he will enter into your life and begin to give you peace. That is the peace that the angels sang about. That is the peace of Christmas. The angel song I've written for you is a song announcing that with the birth of this child, there is now an opportunity for all people to experience healing from the inglorious impact of evil in our world. This song offers the peace of God to anybody who in humility comes in faith. And then you will hear God saying to you, "Ah, your sins I will remember no more. And peace will flood your soul. Anybody experience this? I'll start with you again. We'll go again. It is so, so beautiful. Have you made this Jesus the Savior and Lord of your life? Do you believe in him? Then you're one of the people of goodwill to whom God's glory in the highest comes into your life. Uh, my, my prayer in this whole message is that you would experience, that this was, wouldn't be words from, pre, that, that you would experience in a new way the peace of God. For those of us who have walked with him for so many years but still take over parts of our lives and the more we exclude God and take over ourselves, the less peace we have, Amen that this will be a time of complete re-surrender of our lives to say, my life is yours, all that I am, all that I have is yours, Lord. I will trust you and that you'll find peace in him. The peace comes when you receive him into your life. He cleanses you. He then gives his spirit to you and begins this work of producing the glory in you. And I'll tell you, he sends you out. Instead of you being one of the problems, wrecking the peace, being one of the peacemakers. And if you say that sounds too hard for me to imagine, I tell you it's too hard for you and me to do on our own. But then the glory of God is coming into our world. The angels saw it. They said it's real. The power of God comes into your life. He can do anything. He can change you and me. He can use you and me. His glory can shine through you and me. He is Emmanuel. God who comes into us. God who stands for us. God who is always with us. Glory to God in the highest. So that because of that, there is peace available on the earth to people of goodwill. It is all to his glory. Amen. As our musicians, amen. As our musicians come, let me lead us in prayer. Father, this is a song and a message that we have heard so many times. Thrill our heart with it again. 
I pray that even for some of us like me who have been in church so many times and sung these songs so many times that I would just be shocked with the reality that you know everything about me, every flaw, every mistake, every weakness, and yet you love me with an everlasting love and are ready to flood and fill my soul with your glory and with your peace. Father, if there are some people who have come this morning to Lake that have never experienced your glory, I pray that today would be their day of trusting Jesus and coming to know that this is not just a message preached but a reality to be experienced. Father, I pray for some of us who have learned to take you for granted that you'd sort of break through those hardened hearts of ours and remind us of your glory and your reality. Change us, Father. Use us and remind us that you never leave us alone. You are in us. You are for us. You are with us. Thank you, Lord. It's all because of Jesus. Amen.